0: Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Cross Point Podcast. And please take a moment to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoy this content, please don't hesitate to leave us a five-star review and share this podcast with your friends. We'd love to have you join us in person at 10 a.m. this Sunday at Franklin Road Baptist Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. You can also connect with us online at frbc.com. Thanks again for checking us out. enjoy the episode
1: Um, I was uh, joking with Rebecca that a couple weeks ago I actually had made the comment to my wife like our life was just so busy and um, I had the last couple months I don't know what it has been um, but I've had so many plates uh, spinning and it just kind of seems like that I uh, I can't keep them all spinning and that I'm like losing one and every now and then. And so anyways, which I do thank you for your patience in that. But um, I told my wife a couple weeks ago, I was like, you know what, honestly, I could go for a surgery right now. This was like back in August. And she was like, what? And I was like, because you think about it's like, here's the deal with surgery. As I said, they put you under said you get to act however you want like it I mean it's kind of like you get to say whatever you want like it doesn't matter no one's judging you it's like ah, it's just the drug speaking and it's like uh, and so I told her I was like you know what I could go for going under I could go for like a long recovery and like all this stuff and literally probably like two three weeks later uh, the doctor's office called and they were like we think that you need to based off of your MRI readings we think you need to go see the doctor and I was like they're not going to say anything and like I made that statement back in middle of August and uh, went to see a doctor of, uh, in September and uh, the doctor was like now we're gonna have to put you under it's gonna be about a six-week recovery two weeks of absolutely nothing and I was like all right, Lord, I take it back like I, t- I was I was just joking. And so uh, anyways, but I'm thankful that the Lord has worked all of it out, and we're praying that he continues to as well. And so 2 Peter, did I say 1 Peter? I'm sorry. I might, I might have said 1 Peter. 2 Peter, chapter number 3. 2 Peter, chapter number 3. It's really hard to find 2 Peter 3 after you're in 1 Peter 3, so don't look too long for it, all right? But 2 Peter 3 is where we're going to be. And uh, here's what I want to do. I'm not even sure that we'll post this on the YouTube channel. And um, or on our podcast, but I just really want to speak from my heart to you um, in regards to the series that we're in, and I want you to begin reading with me in Second Peter uh, 3, verse 17. The Bible says this, Ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things before, beware lest ye also being led away with the error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Would you read verse number 18 out loud together with me? Verse number 18. Ready, begin. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to him be glory both now and forever. Amen. But grow in grace. We've been talking a lot about change and what does change look like, and why we should change? And so today, I want to just bring to you a simple message, but also just a thought that um, of really how the Lord has brought me to this uh, this series and and uh, from this passage. And I want to speak to you on the heart of change, the heart of change, or if you want to put it like this, the heart for change, the heart for change. So let's pray and we'll ask the Lord to help us, dear heavenly Father God. We thank you for uh, just another opportunity to be in your Word today. Lord, I pray that you would help us to take and apply this to our hearts and to our lives. Lord, I pray that you would help us as Christians, Lord, to develop a heart for change. Lord, may you uh, develop in us a group of people and a and a spirit and a hunger to see you do something in our lives. Lord, may we never be cons- uh, uh, just content with the status quo. Lord, may we seek to be improving and growing and changing according to your word. In your name we pray amen we started this series uh i'm not even sure i think this is lesson number nine i believe uh so several weeks ago and we kind of introduced uh really this idea of what change looks like we introduced our 90-day journal which i hope uh, you're being able to stay caught up on if not uh, just keep plugging along at it i think there's a lot of good in there and uh, we're praying about making that available uh, to a broader audience this this coming year for our church family But i really just wanted it to be something for you as a young adult and my heart along with it was just that this series would be something where you had um, you just developed a heart to change and i think that sometimes what we are guilty of doing as christians is that we desire change in almost every area of our life except for our spiritual lives the truth is is that they say that there's 10 domains in your life and i don't know whether that's my job to argue that or not but but we, if we went around and we walked through all those domains of our life, and there's the financial domain, there's the physical domain, there's our, our recreational domain, there's there's all of these different domains. And if we went around and I gave you a checklist of, of how many of you wanted to change different of those domains, most of you obviously would want to change your financial domain, right? Uh, we would all enjoy maybe a little bit more money, a little bit more financial freedom, maybe less debt, maybe, maybe a better job, maybe a higher rate or whatever, and so we would want to change that no matter where you're at. If you're in top physical condition or, or if you're at the bottom of the totem pole uh, with me, um, then you. if we said our physical lives, we would say, yeah, I want to change my physical life. If we said our recreational life, like, yeah, you know what? I have considered getting into kayaking, all right, or whatever it is, all right? We have all of these domains, and and the truth is, is that we would want most likely to change all of them, and yet for some reason, We walk into these doors, some of you, multiple times a week. If you come on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, and then for those of you who are involved in our Thursday night uh, Collegians for Christ Bible study, you are around the people of God and the Word of God a lot. And sometimes what it seems like from an assistant pastor's position, and I'm saying this as someone who is inside the box and, and often looking out, is that we want and desire change in a lot of different areas. But very rarely do we actually take the steps necessary to change our spiritual life. If you want to change your financial life, you're going to probably go and you're going to get Dave Ramsey's plan and you're going to register for maybe some sort of financial planning or you're going to register for and call someone about debt consolidation. If you want to change your physical life, you're going to go and start following these gurus on Instagram and these influencers that tell you to drink their smoothie and that their protein's better than the other person's protein and you're going to get a workout plan and you're going to follow all of these steps. And yet sometimes, and I think as only Satan would have it, when we go to change our spiritual life, we kind of have to scratch our heads and say, where do I start? And over the last couple of months, so I think that we've all, months, I say, let's not even say months, let's say years. Over the last couple of years, I think we've all heard about how the world is continuing to change. How the world is just... Constantly getting worse, and how how there's been so much drastic change post COVID, and there's been drastic change in our government, and there's been drastic change in, in the world, and that Jesus is coming back. My my dad's mentioned that my grandma has been in the hospital, and, and so um, I went over to see her the other day, and she she was just talking about a little bit of everything, and she goes she she kept talking about her brain. She she said she'd say, well, now Joel, I, I, my brain, like I, I know that I'm not what I, what I once was, and so she would talk about her brain. She would say, what are you taking? for your brain and i was like i don't nothing (laughs) mcdonald's how's that do for my brain right and so she was she said well and she said well i don't i can't remember a lot of stuff and i don't know some things but here's what i do know is jesus is coming back and it was interesting to me that at the end of her life as really these next couple years at at the close of her life she has remembered and she has been so clear that jesus is coming back jesus is coming back And we hear a lot about that, and here's what I think sometimes we struggle with as young adults, and let's see if you guys can identify with this. We hear people talk about how the world is getting bad, and it is. We hear people talk about how that Jesus is coming back, and he is. And then sometimes in the midst of all of that, the way that sometimes our flesh or or culture tells us to respond is that we have to respond by almost grabbing for all of this world that we can get, right? Right? Well, if these are my last couple of years on earth, I want to get married, and and I want to start dating someone, and and I want to do this, and I want to do that. And in 2 Peter chapter number 3, the setting of these two verses that we just read is that Peter is writing to Christians that have been persecuted. They've been through the toughest of times. And he says at the close of this book, he says, because of all that you know about Jesus Christ coming back and what the end of this world is going to look like, here's what I want you to see. And that's where he says in verse number 17, ye therefore beloved, seeing ye know these things. And here's where my burden and heart has been over these last couple weeks. I think that we all understand that there are generational differences when it comes to the way that things are 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 talked about in this world, okay? Your parents and maybe your grandparents that they they watch the news probably constantly. And some of you are like, I don't even know where to find the news, all right? My dad asked me the other day. He's like, "Where do you get your news?" And I was like, uh Twitter, I guess, like, <laughs> like, I don't know, I don't really pay that much attention to, it. he's like, okay, here, help me send you this app, or whatever, right, there's generational differences in the way that we look at the world, all right, and that's not a bad thing, it's not necessarily a good thing either, but here's what I want you to see, is that we all know the same things, your grandparents know that Jesus is coming back. I just mentioned my grandma. My dad talks all the time about that Jesus is coming back. We, we all know that the world is getting worse, but what is our response to those things? And my fear is that sometimes the way that we respond is this. We respond by either grabbing for all that this world has to offer or we respond by just saying, I don't know where to go. I, 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 don't, I don't know what I should do. I don't know how to live as a result of the things that are going on. And Peter makes a very clear statement in this passage, and I want to give you quickly three different thoughts from this passage about the heart for change. First of all, I want you to see the motivation for change. The motivation for change. He says, Ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things before. Seeing that ye know these things. If you know something, you are responsible for how you respond to it, right? That's what testing in school is all about. They want to see what you know. They want to see what you comprehended. You are now responsible for that. The reason why that murder is wrong is because we've talked all these years, and and there's been court cases, and there's been people who have been plastered on the news because now we know that that is wrong, and so guess what? People are held responsible for what they know. And if you know these things, you can go back and you can read chapter number 3 on your own. But he says, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in verse number 10, uh, in which the heavens shall pass away with the great noise, and the, cl- and the elements shall melt with fervent heat, and the, er- er- and the earth also sh- and the works thereof that are therein shall be burned up. So he goes through this list of things. He says, if this is what we know if we know that Jesus Christ is coming back, if we know there's going to be a day that we're not on this world, he says, therefore ye know these things. So based off of what you know, please answer this question in your heart and in your your mind. Based off of what you know about God's word and about the world that we're living in, what are you changing in your life? What are you changing in your life? Based off of what you know, It's sad to say that there's a lot of Christians in the world today that they've talked about, wow, the world's going to hell in a handbasket, and this is going on, and this and this this is crazy. I can't believe that I've ever seen the day that this would happen. Jesus is coming again, and we all rejoice in that. But it's sad to say that there's been many Christians who know those things, and please listen to me, and this is not a condemnation as much as it is a conviction that I even need to hear. We know all of those things, and yet very few Christians have ever responded by walking across the street and telling someone else about Jesus. So did the things that we know actually change us? We know all of the things that are going on in the world, and yet, please listen to this. There's been very few Christians that have ever that have have changed the way that they've prayed for those in authority and their leaders. We know all, the, all of the problems of, of our president and, and the government and the world that we live in. But please listen to this. There's been very few Christians who have taken their complaints of a president or of, of an office. And please listen. And once again, this is not a condemnation as much as it is something that I have even been convicted about. It's easy to complain, but it's very difficult to change the, the, the way that we pray for someone that we disagree with. And here's what I want you to see. The motivation for change for some of us right now in 2022 is that as we get our eyes on all that the world is all that is going on in the world and we say yes Jesus is coming again, that should motivate us to say if Jesus is coming again, I need to change personally. I need to maybe change my habits of prayer. I need to change the way that I interact with my coworkers. I need to change the way that I interact with my neighbors. Why? Because of these things. Because of what we know. So first of all, the motivation for change. But then I want you to see, secondly, there's an alternative for change. He says, beware lest ye also being led away with the error of the wicked fall from your own steadfastness. There's a lot of theological debate around what that phrase means. I don't think, for those of you who dig into it, I, don't, I definitely can tell you that it is not a result of someone losing their salvation. But here's what I will say. I think that over the past couple of years, it wouldn't take too many of us a long time to think about Christians who have strayed from the faith that they once held. Maybe it was a friend. Maybe it was a family member. Maybe it's someone that they haven't even necessarily strayed from their faith, but their faithfulness, as he says in this, they've fallen from their steadfastness. And you look at them and you think, well, there's no way they would ever get out of church. There's no way that that their life would ever come crumbling down. There's no way. There's no way. But there's an alternative to change. And he says, as you look at these things, I wish we had the time to read all of 1 Peter 3, but as you look at these things, you have two choices. You can either change and be conformed into the image of Jesus Christ, as we've been talking about, or... You can begin to fall from your own steadfastness. You can fall for the error of the wicked. You, you can get entrenched in some things that you that five, ten years ago when you were on fire, when you had your sermon notes out, when you were writing everything that there was to write about church, and you just loved church, and you loved what God was doing in your life. If you looked at that and you thought, well, there's no way that I can ever fall from this. No, there is. Because of these things, there is a, an allure, there is an attraction to the things of this world in today's society. And so there's a motivation for change. There's an alternative for change found in this passage, but I want you to see this lastly, is there is a heart for change. I believe that as Peter writes this, you can almost sense his tone as he closes out this passage. Can you imagine, uh, can you imagine reading this? I want you to think for just a second, all right? My back is hurting, so I'm going to sit down and use this as an illustration to to sit. All right. (laughs) For those of you who, how many of you were in church a couple of weeks ago when I preached out of, I don't remember what it was. I think it was Psalm 23. And I like sat down for a lot of the illustrations. That was because I was hurting so bad. It had nothing to do with the illustrations. It was just because I was hurting. So I was like, I need to come up with an illustration that allows me to sit. So that's exactly what I'm doing right now. All right. Um, But can you imagine sitting in a group of people and hearing first Peter, I mean, I'm going to, it's 2 Peter, that's what we're reading, all right, 2 Peter, all right, 2 Peter, you hear it read, and you hear all of the things that are going to happen at the end, all of the things, those aren't really like encouraging things, for those of you who have ever sat through like prophecy series, like you don't really leave a prophecy series or a prophecy sermon and just think, you know what, I feel really confident about this world, like I'm feeling really good about my life, right, it's like, all right, everything that you have lived and worked for is going to blow up, all right? And it's like, oh, okay. And like all the screens and slides for Prophecy Series, is just like fire and death. And it's like, it's just like revelation is a, it's a thick book. All right. I, I always love when we have people that it's like their second Sunday here. All right. Oh, when, when's that preacher going to preach on revelation? It's like, when are you going to love your wife? Like, let's start with that. All right. <laughs> let's just start with the basics. Okay. But it's like we have this intrigue for it, all right? Like, oh, they're like it's almost like we think that it's God's sci-fi movie, all right? But you read 1 Peter 3, and you hear about how the, there's coming a thief, like the, the day of the Lord's going to come as a thief in the night, and the heavens are going to melt, and the earth its all going to pass away. And, like, you hear all this stuff, and then it's like, pfft, what do I do with that? And you sit around, and maybe you're talking with other people, and, like, good night, like, we need to be ready for that. We need to be ready. And Peter closes the book, and he says this. You know these things. They're not new, okay? Now, as in 2022, we can Google some new things. Like, we can come up with some stuff that it's like, wow, I think that it's going to happen this way. So we can develop some new. But the truth is, is the, the principle and the doctrine is not new to us. And so we sit there, and we think, what do I do with these things? Well, first of all, you have to understand that they're there to motivate you. I've often said this is that prophecy is not there to freeze us. Prophecy is there to fuel us. Meaning this. There's sometimes, I remember being in Bible college what we had these things called orals where where we were responsible to to tell all of these things that we believed. And so you had to have Bible verses for them. And it was like, a, it was a great thing. But I can remember sometimes guys would get on, on prophecy and they get to the book of Revelation and we like there would just be guys that sit around in the stairwells because senior year you didn't have to have lights out and they'd sit in the stairwells like, well, what do you think it means? Well, what do you think it means? It's like, hey, I got an idea. Let's go tell someone what Jesus did so that we don't even, so they don't even have to worry about what what it means, all right? Let's, let's just go tell someone about Jesus so that no matter if the tribulation is pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib, upper-trib, lower-trib, whatever, all right? Let's just make sure no one has to go through it, okay? Let, that's our job. It's meant to fuel us. It's meant to, it's meant to go out and, and, and excite us. And when you look at 1 Peter 3, you can get hung up and say, well, what should we do? And here's what Peter says. Because you know these things, you should change. I'm telling you, I'm reminding you of them so that you don't go this way. But then I'm also showing you that in verse number 18, he says, but grow in grace. Meaning this, that if you're still here, I've lost my, I have a tail. I can feel it. All right. I lost my mic. But gr- where is it?
0: <laughs> now there it is. Sorry. I'm just going to put it in my
1: pocket. Right? But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So here's what I want to ask you. Do you have a heart to change? Do you want to see God do something different in your life? Does verse number 18 describe you? If we had to walk through that, if we said, how many of you are growing in grace? How many of you have grown in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? Does your week look like change? Chances are you probably this week, you thought, oh, man, I, I haven't drank enough water, and so I need to go and chug some water. I need to change the way my physical. I, I need to eat a salad. I've had a lot of cheeseburgers. I need to do this. Like, You've changed those things, but have you changed your spiritual life? Can you step back and look at your week and say, Lord, you changed some things in me? And so with every head bowed and every eye closed, here's what I want us to do. I want you to just answer this one question based off of what we heard today, the motivation for change, the alternative for change, and the heart for change. Do you have a heart for change? Based off of what you know, based off of what you've seen in this world, based off of what you know about God's Word, based off of what you've heard preached from our pulpit, what you've consumed maybe even in your own personal life, based off of the news, based off of the negativity, based off of all of that, Has it motivated you to do anything differently in your life? Who have you told about Jesus Christ this week? Who have you shared the gospel with? Who have you prayed for? Have you changed anything? Or have you fallen prey into the alternative for change? Maybe you say, you know what, based off of all these things that I know, I have let myself maybe become too entrenched in this world. I haven't fallen from my own steadfastness yet, but I can definitely tell you there was a point in my life where I was closer to God, where I was walking with God more than I am right now. Or could verse number 18 describe you? That you are growing in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior. Jesus Christ. I want the Holy Spirit to do the work today. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand or anything like that. Let's just close in prayer. We'll ask the Lord to help us. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you, Lord, that you are a God that does not desire to leave us the same. And so, God, I ask that you would help us to be changed by your word, by your way, by your spirit. And, Lord, it's easy to look at all of the things in this world and wonder, what am I supposed to do and I believe, according to this passage, that we should be growing, that we should be doing something different, praying differently, sharing the gospel differently, being more bold in our, in our witness, walking with you. Lord, may those things motivate us to change. Lord, we're so thankful for just your word and for, for the life that you call us to. Lord, may we never be guilty of settling for the life that you give us down here more for the life that you promise us through your word in your name we pray amen thank you guys for listening today it's a little bit of a different lesson but thank you so, you're dismissed i lost that one when i sat down i actually felt like i unplugged it too because I,
0: I i always put it man where did that come Stuck on the top of your oh. head. There it goes. This is
1: random. Uh, uh, random. Uh, it is a podcast.
0: Well, thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Crosspoint Podcast. Remember to take a moment to subscribe on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And again, don't hesitate to leave us a five star review and tell others about this content. Remember, we would love to have you be our guest in person this Sunday at 10 a.m. at the Franklin Road Baptist Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. You can connect with us online at frbc.com and we look forward to seeing you again soon.